Charlene, who's going to be sharing a, a testimony. So if you would like to come up and share. And then we have Joshua bringing the word today. Good morning. All right. So um, it's been a while since I've been up in front of people. But uh, sometimes I'm long-winded. I go off in different branches. So I'm going to ask Melissa to just raise your hand if I get off somewhere. Just bring me back. Okay, so uh, recently I went on a trip. I went on cross-country all the way to California and all the way back, and it was a great trip, and I planned it for a long time, went with a bunch of friends. And uh, so I packed lightly. I only brought a couple things with me. Uh, kind of laid the foundation for you here. I, bought a, I brought um, like maybe just four outfits, you know, and uh, these little tiny earrings, one pair of earrings I wore in my ears, and they're, uh, if anyone remembers Lucy Park, who used to go to this church too, she came a couple times, one of my best friends, she passed away on one of her trips, because she was uh, definitely an explorer, she had brought, brought me back emerald cross earrings, they were little tiny huggy earrings. And very humble, very nice. And I said, I'm going to wear them the whole trip and remember her. So I wore them the whole trip. So we took off, and I brought a couple things with me, some magazines, some books. I brought the Bible with me just to make sure, you know, I have some reading material. And we start out. As soon as I get out of North Carolina, I'm like meeting people and talking about Jesus and talking about God. And it just came so naturally that... It was odd for me, because that usually doesn't come naturally like that. And I felt there was definitely something going on, because everywhere I went, I was meeting people and talking about God. And that's not what I planned for the trip. It's just something that took place along the whole way there. And I was gone for a month. And I met people. We became, I became friends, took their names and numbers. I went out to some old country buffet in Texas and met um, an older woman in her 70s, eaten by herself, and asked her to join up and come hang out with us. And we all ate dinner together, and it was really cool. And it was very, like, biblical. Like how God, you know, if you picture Jesus here and how we would go meet people and... And he'd meet someone along his journey and talk about God with him. And then they'd say, hey, come back to my place and have a picnic, <laughs> you know? So it was pretty cool. And we, we made friends all along the way. And it made me, by the time I got to, like, Arizona, I was thinking, this is really the way things should be. This is the way God meant it for us all to be. And I thought to myself, I, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm waking up. You know, I'm definitely waking up, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the car, and I'm trying not to get sick reading, reading, reading the Bible, and I came across um, John 3, 34, and it says, do not be a dead dog tree. Remember when Jesus was walking with the disciples, and he came upon a tree that was bearing no fruit, and he said some words to it, touched it, and, went out, and when he came back, uh, the disciples noticed the tree was dead. Jesus, there was no, no purpose for it to live. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I've been a dead dog tree <laughs> this whole time. And I'm waking up and I'm saying, this is what that meant, that you're walking with the Lord and talking about God, and this is what God wants us all to do. So I made my way all the way to California and 
praying the whole time and talking to people and making friends. And I get to California, and there I'm meeting another friend, Min. And Lucy had introduced me to Min about a year and a half earlier. And we became great phone pals for a year and a half, never met each other. And she's, and, you know, she's like, you're my best friend. I never even met you. It's crazy. So I go there. I meet her. We have a great time. She's even better in person, her and her husband, her two kids, wonderful people. So while we're talking to each other over dinner, she gets a little sad, and she says, you know, I really miss Lucy, and I really think Lucy might be sad because she's not here to, to spend time with us and, you know, pray with us and be with us. And I just said, smack, men, are you kidding me? Lucy's in heaven. She's enjoying being with God, and she's not upset that we're together and having a good time. She's right here with us, and we're all, you know, she's happy for us, if anything. And then she was like, Oh, yeah, you're right. Duh. You know, you're, you're right. You got it. So we go home. I go to my hotel room. I'm by myself. I wake up in the morning. I'm sh I shower, and I'm brushing my teeth. And I always brush my teeth with my left hand. I'm left-handed. And this time, I don't know why, I brush my teeth with my right hand. And I'm bent over the sink, and I feel this on my ear. And I'm like, what is that? right? And I hear, I feel another tug. And I stand up, I look in the mirror, I pick my hair up. I'm like, what is going on? I don't see anything. Nothing else is happening. I'm like, it's too early. Let me just finish brushing my teeth. So turn the water back on, brush my teeth some more. And I feel the back of my earring unclip. And I felt a big pull out of my ear and out comes my earring and it falls into the sink and it's bouncing around I'm trying to catch it it's like bouncing around in the sink like evading my hand and it goes down the drain and I'm like oh my goodness my favorite pair of earrings just went down the sink and in my head I hear well you know Lucy doesn't like it that you met men without her Lucy took the earring out of your ear and Took me a long two years, Lonnie will tell you, for me to learn second heaven from third heaven. And right away, I said, you're a big fat liar, Satan. You are a liar. You are a big fat liar. And I got your name. I know your name. And you're going down today. I finally got it, Margaret. Finally got it. And I knew it was the devil. And I just said, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord and blah, blah, blah. This. I'm yelling in my room, right, to myself. And I'm yelling and I'm laughing because I got it. I got it. I got it. Finally, I got it. And I just said, I love you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. And I'm like, do you believe what this fool Satan did with my ear thinking I'm going to think it's him? Like, it's so ridiculous. And then I just said, you know what? I'm going to finish my brushing my teeth in the tub, right? So I finished brushing my teeth, and I said, I'm going to, you know, thank you, Lord, actually, for letting me experience this because I finally got it. And I'm going to go get cleaning lady or handyman or something to help me get my earring out because I'm going to get it out, right? So I opened the door, and there's a cleaning lady right outside my door, like right there. And she goes, ooh. And I said, 
hi, uh, I'd like to talk to someone. I dropped my earring down the sink when I was brushing my teeth. Is there anybody that can help me get it out? So she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, can get the, I can help you with that. No problem. And she's like, oh, that's so sad. I'm so hard, sorry to hear that. So she goes, um, let me call the handyman. She takes out a walkie-talkie and calls him. He comes out of the room right next to mine, comes right out, right? And he goes, hi, what's the matter? How can I help you? So I was like, everything was like too good to be true, right? Because usually you got to wait for days or something. So I said, I lost my earring, dropped my earring down the sink, and I'd like to get it back because it's very important to me. So he goes, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I got my tools right here. And he just reaches around the corner, grabs his tools, come back, comes back out. He goes, I'll get that out, out for you to Jiffy. Don't worry. And I'm thinking, he's going to get it because God is good. So maybe 10 minutes. He takes it all apart. He's shaking it. There it is. Takes it out. Gives it to me. Uh, actually, the woman gave it to me. <clears throat> so it was a wonderful story. I, I couldn't help but know that I was tested and I immediately felt I was like, I like, I graduated, you know, I graduated. So I met with men and I told a story and, and, and it was like a repeat the night before. Oh my God, that was Lucy. No, it wasn't, it wasn't. Told the whole story. So then I said, I'm going to leave, time to go. So after breakfast, jumped in the car and all of us, we, we need gas. So we go to the gas station. And it's, a, and it's like, oh, can we please go to a gas station somewhere else down the road because it's so congested and busy here and this gas station's like dirty and not my thing, right? So they're like, no, we need to get gas now. Right now we have to get gas. So I'm like, all right, let's go get gas. Like I've already been traumatized once today. So we go to the gas station and I said, of course, I need my Diet Coke. So I go in, I'm gonna go, go get my Diet Coke. I go in. And as soon as I opened the door, oh, and by the way, just to make it, tell you the whole story, I, I showered, never dried my hair, I didn't put any makeup on, it's a, it's a car day, so I'm just wearing shorts and a t-shirt, I don't look very good, and I go, who am I going to meet today, right? Who, who am I, I'm not going to meet anybody, I'm in a different state, I don't know anybody, I'm not going to meet anybody. I opened the door, and all of a sudden I was hit with this big gust of wind, whoosh, hits me, and I'm like, wow, like that was a giant gust of wind and I come to the door and everybody in the gas station is staring at me. They turn and stare at me and I'm like oh great right <laughs> gonna be one of those days and I just said I'm gonna just make my way to the soda machine. So I go to the soda machine and I'm filling up my drink and I still feel like everybody's looking at me in the store which is really weird and I wasn't getting it. So I fill it up. I might have grabbed something else, Twizzlers or something my way, I don't remember. And I go to check out. And I, I'm first online. There's someone behind me. There's someone to the right. And I go up to the counter, and there's a woman to the left, an older woman, at the register. And I get this young guy at the register. And he says, back to me. He's looking at something else. And he turns around, and he goes, <gasps> and I'm thinking, I know I didn't do my hair today, but is it that bad? <laughs> and I'm just standing there, like, with a smile, like, yeah, it's me. Just came out the way I am. And he goes, uh, 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 and he can't talk. 
There's nothing coming out. And he's trying really hard. Like now he's like starting to get a little panic, like can't breathe, can't talk. Like, and I just put my hand on him. He had his, you know, I said, it's okay. Just breathe. Tell me what you want to say. Like, I have no idea what this guy's going to say. Just tell me what you want to say. And I was very calm. And he just, like, grabbed his breath, breathed in, breathed out. And he still couldn't talk. And then all of a sudden he goes, I believe in Jesus. And I was born again in 2004. And I'm originally from Utah. And I didn't have a good life. And I got born again. And it was like a minute of rattle. And I was just standing there not knowing what I stepped in, you know, and everything seemed really, from the time I walked in, everything was different. And like, I'm not really looking, I'm not like looking away from him to see other people. I know there's other people around witnessing this. And then after a minute of him rattling it all out, he like grabs his breath and, and he's looking, he's looking at the woman next to him, and the woman says, I am so sorry. And she puts her hand down on him and says, I have never seen him do this before. This, he usually isn't like this. He's probably worried about her job or something. And she goes, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And she's like, are you okay? And he looks at her, and he can't say anything, and he, and he goes, who are you? Who are you? He goes, please tell me who you are. And I, I don't know who I am, right? I'm like... Uh, I go, my name is Charlene, and I'm from North Carolina. I said, it's so good to meet you. That's really a wonderful witness you've given me, a testimony about your life. Thank you. I appreciate it. And he puts his hand out, like, and I give him my hand. He's holding my hand with both of his hands, and I'm thinking, what is this dude saying? Like, I don't know what he's saying, but maybe he's saying, I don't know. A halo? I doubt it. No, but something, right? <laughs> You're laughing a little too hard, Margaret. So, <laughs> make a long story short, he uh, he kept saying it. Who are you? Louder and louder, because like I wasn't answering him. And so I finally said, "I'm Charlene. My name is Charlene. I'm from North Carolina." And um. You know, I go to a church called Morning Star Church. You should probably check it out since you're, you know, a born-again Christian. We'd love for you to watch our service online if you're watching. Hey. And I wrote it down for him where to go to watch it online. And uh, the whole time I was there, I felt like everyone was watching Everyone was aware of what was going on in this big, dirty gas station. And they were so, the guy kept saying, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming into our store. Thank you for coming here. And I thought, man, this must have been what Jesus felt, you know, going, I felt like I was on tour, right, with Jesus. So I'm walking out the door, and I didn't want to leave because it felt so good to be there. And I turned around before I left. I'm looking, at, and everybody's staring at me. And I just, I raised my hand. And I said, God bless y'all. And everybody in that place raised their hand up and said, God bless you. God bless you. They were like yelling, God bless you. Safe trip, have a safe trip, safe travels. Thank you for coming here. And I was like just blown away by the whole thing 
And I, I have my hands up there like, if I put it down, will their hand go down? I don't know. But I was, I was really blown away by the whole thing. And then I, I, like I was going out the door. I didn't know if I should stay or go. And it was awkward for me. So I opened the door. And then I left. And as soon as I closed the door, it was like business as usual. Everybody's running around outside. And that feeling dissipated a bit. And I really felt that inside that gas station, God was present. He was there, and, that, and he was showing me what life should be like, what he planned for all of us. And so I went to my car. Of course, I Googled again. And I came up with Mark 1.15. I gave you a new commandment to love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. That's really simple, but it takes a lot to do, right? So I just want to thank you for listening to my story today and say, God bless you all. God bless you. Wow, very cool. And, and so um, let's, let's welcome Joshua up. He is bringing the word. Let me... I'm sure a lot of us have questions or things that I mentioned, but I'll keep... Keep my commentary to Joshua and pass it on. <laughs> wow, I gotta follow that. <laughs> Come on. That was incredible. Anybody ever experience gloriously awkward things like that in, in your lives or just like this is totally God right now? <laughs> like oh what yeah. I love that. More. Can we agree? More of that, Lord? More of that. More of that. Oh. Yeah, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the testimony that Charlene just shared with us. We thank you, Lord, that, that you do. You do good. You do things beyond our wildest imaginations. You show up in stables and dirty gas stations. And Lord, we just, the best way we know how, we say, Lord, I'm okay with awkward as long as it's your kingdom at work in my life. I'm okay with inconvenience, Lord, as long as it's your kingdom at work in my life. Jesus, amen. You know, sometimes I have a problem where I don't know what to share and I have zero in my mind. This week I have a different problem. I have like so much stuff going on in my, in my heart that um, I know I don't have time to unpack all of it. I will tell you a quick story. We were at, um, me and Peter drove up to um, Waxhaw, North Carolina. For those of you who have been a part of my my life and Brittany and our family's journey with Braxton. Uh, Waxhaw, North Carolina is the place where Andrew, the other drummer, invited me to a year ago to shoot shotguns and shoot clay pigeons or skeet, whatever you, however you know it. And I had never shot a shotgun, didn't know anything about it. But for some reason I said, yeah, I'll go. So he had to like take off a Saturday and teach me how to use a shotgun 
and it was great. I got hooked. It was a lot of fun. My, my shoulder actually still is a little sore from Thursday. There's a little bruise right here. Anyway, so a year ago, I go to this event, and um, at the end of a shooting, a bunch of, I think out of six, out of 50 targets the first year, I think I shot maybe 15. That's not great. <laughs> That's not great. The guy who won it shot 48 out of 50. So he only missed two. I saw that same guy this year. He, he's in decline this year. He only hit 47 out of 50. <laughs> he's like, he's up there, but he's been shooting for, anyway. So at the end of the event last year, they start sharing the testimonies about this place called the North Carolina Boys Academy and it's young men who've been going through some stuff. And I just saw people like my son sharing testimonies of the power of God at work in their lives. And I knew it was a setup and I start just weeping in the back of the tent and I knew that this is where Braxton was supposed to be. And I knew that the whole reason I went to Waxall wasn't to learn how to shoot a shotgun, but it was to find the will and the plan the good and perfect and pleasing will of God. How many of you know God's will is perfect and it's pleasing? How many of you know that God knows and gives you what you need even though it's not what you want? <laughs> yeah. So we went there and I knew it. And when we, I came back, I told the family and they were all on board. So fast forward a year, he's, he's been there for a little over seven months now. So fast forward, now it's been a year, and at the same event that I found out about this place, my son's now there, and he's working, and he's volunteering, and he's hanging out, and it was so cool. So he, he's there, and uh, he's at the very first station that I'm at, and I happen to be, our team and the other team, Happened to be the same team with the guy that doesn't miss anything. He's there. And I've only shot, this is only like my third time shooting a shotgun. And I'm watching this guy and he doesn't miss. He hits all of his targets. And I'm like, oh man, Braxton's watching. He's so impressed. All of his friends are there. I just want to be like proud dad moment, you know, I'm like, God, please let me hit one. Let me just hit, and it's four. It's like two packs of two. So let me just hit one. And I get out there and I can just feel back. And I hit all four of our targets. All four. It was, I mean, I'm standing up on the platform and one shoots out from under you and you got to track it and shoot it and then the next one's up in the air. This is not an easy task. Peter, you my witness? Peter was there. I hit all four. I look at Braxton and he's like, when did you learn how to do that? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I mean, it seems silly, but every dad wants to be like, you know, they want their kids to be proud of them. Eight stations later, the next station I go to, I miss three out of four. <laughs> like that was eight stations later, we're at this other spot. And uh, so Braxton's not with us the whole time, but he was there at the next station. This is like station nine. And I hit all four of them again in front of Braxton. So in his mind, I'm like batting on a thousand. Like, I don't, he don't think I miss. And I was like, whatever you guys do, don't show him the scorecard. Just let him, just let him think that I'm off. It was amazing. I was like, man, I wish you, you, you just need to come with me to all the stations, man. 
It was great. It was so wonderful. Uh, we had lunch together, shared just what the Lord has been doing in our lives. And um, it was cool. We were dialoguing about the story of Peter, specifically from the book of Luke. And I mentioned, oh, yeah, I just read the, I just finished the book of Luke yesterday. On Wednesday morning, I got up early and I finished the last chapter of Luke. And he was like, no way, Dad. I just finished the book of Luke yesterday morning, too. Like, for those of you who have been a part of this journey, to hear my son say, I've been reading the book of Luke and just to sense the hand of God, like having us, I, I just sense that we were like reading chapter by chapter every day together, not even knowing that we were reading the same thing. So that was just another moment of just amazing, like God's, God is at work. Even when I don't see it, it's like that Waymaker song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, He's working. He never stops. He never stops working. One thing that stood out to me as we began that clay shoot, they opened us up with the word of prayer at the station. And the man prayed a very peculiar prayer, but I loved it. It stuck with me. I actually wrote it in my journal. And he said, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us the ability to fail. What? I could tell some of your people are like, I do not, I don't like failing. <laughs> I don't like messing up. But there was a so much power in that, that prayer. It was so genuine. I got thinking about how amazingly the Lord has redeemed the failures of my life. And I began to thank, I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for every failure that you redeemed. And I do have a word for us today, and it kind of goes along those lines. And it's focused on the one who never failed, our Lord, our Lord Jesus. So I do want us to take a look at something at the end of the book of Luke. Um, I'm just going to read it from the Passion Translation, you guys. I've been wrestling with this, so I don't know why. But I've, I've just really loved this translation I do read it side by side with my uh, NASB, but I have just really grown to love the way this reads. How many of you know that Jesus, around the, about the time that he was arrested, had an, inter an interesting story take place with Peter, right? And Peter cuts the ear off of someone, right? And what does Jesus do? He heals it, right? He heals the ear. And the way it reads, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't paint a picture that he like picked the ear up and then put the ear back on. It doesn't read that way. It reads that he put his hand where the ear was and a new ear was formed. It reads that way. Interesting, right? And then it's kind of, it's just like just the last thing that Jesus did with his hands before he was bound was heal a would-be enemy. Isn't that amazing? Completely restored his ear. So we know that Jesus completely restores things, right? So I'm kind of having that in the back of my mind, and I want us to read this
in Luke 24, 36, and I'm not sure where we're going to stop, but I just want to read this. It says, while they were still discussing all of this, Jesus suddenly appeared right in front of their eyes. Startled and terrified, the disciples were convinced they were seeing a ghost. Standing there among them, he said, be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Why are you frightened? Don't let doubt enter your hearts. See my pierced hands and feet. See for yourselves. It is I standing here alive. Touch me and know that my wounds are real. A spirit does not have a body of flesh and bone as you see that I have. Then he showed them his pierced hands and feet and let them touch his wounds. This is one of those stories that you've read it and you've heard it, but it hit me so profoundly this time. The same Jesus that completely restored a man's ear not, not long ago is the same Jesus who was completely redeemed from death. And yet when he comes back, there's still holes in his hands. There's still a wound in his side. And the difference now is the wounds after his resurrection no longer brought him pain. But they brought an invitation to the disciples to touch and to know that he is the living God. What does that have to do with anything? Anybody else ever read that? Like, wow, I never really... Blown away at the fact that why didn't when he came back, why, were, why weren't the holes filled in? And the Lord began to speak to me. I feel like as, as Charlene was sharing her testimony, we all have a testimony. And we've all been brought back from the dead. We've all been born again. We've all been saved. And sometimes when we are born again and we're saved, we have wounds that are still there, but they don't cause us pain anymore. And that our wounds, our healed wounds, are actually an invitation. They're actually part of our testimony. And I feel like there's something here today for you, for us, that if there is a place in your life a wound in your life that's still causing you pain, the Lord wants to heal it. Because when that wound stops causing you pain, it actually becomes an invitation for other people. Hey, let me, let me tell you about this wound right here. And let me tell you about the wounded healer who set me free. Let me tell you. See, we... We like, to put, we like to put gloves and makeup over our wounds. Jesus wasn't walking around with gloves on his hands. And I don't think he grimaced when pain, when somebody, when, 
when Thomas stuck his fingers in there. I don't think he was like, ow, be careful, be careful, be careful, this still hurts. He was completely healed, but yet there was still a wound. And I feel like, one, there is healing that the Lord wants to take, to take place in your lives, those wounds in our lives. I'm going to tell you this story. There was a gentleman I met when I was in Brazil. His name was Davi Silva. Anybody heard of Davi Silva? He's part of a worship band called Casa de Davi. And they sing everything in Portuguese. And I have no idea half of what they're saying, but glorious. Anyway, this man was healed from Down syndrome. He was born with Down syndrome. Everything chromosomally, you know I'm trying to say, speaking, was completely healed. But he still had the appearance of having Down syndrome. Isn't that amazing? Completely healed. You guys should check out some of his music. It's incredible. And I just feel like what a picture that is. What a testimony. He, he's not ashamed. His, his journey, his I've been healed Here's my wound. This is how I was born. This is what was going on. But heaven did something. Heaven did something. The wounded healer, Jesus, did something. And I think we have stuff like that in our lives. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's physical. I don't know. But I I know that there are places where earth has wounded you, where earth has wounded me, But isn't it so cool that the wounds that earth inflicted on Jesus (laughs) when he was resurrected were still there and became an invitation for people, his disciples. And I feel like there are some wounds that the, the enemy has intended for you to experience wounds that earth has inflicted upon you in me that heaven is saying let me let heaven do what heaven let Jesus into that place so that it doesn't cause you pain anymore and that you can tell others about the wounded healer who touched your life. So I hope that resonates. I really want to pray into that because that is what we've been called to do, to share the testimony of Jesus and to stop hiding, stop putting our gloves on and invite people in to touch the place that Jesus healed because it's going to bring people to the one who healed. This journey for me started years ago when a friend of mine told me, hey, you should read this book called Wounded Healer by Henry Nouwen. So I bought it and I sat on it for about two years and I finally read it. And that theme has been a major part of my life is being a wounded healer in the footsteps of Jesus. How many of you have some wounds that you want completely redeemed that they won't cause you pain anymore, 
But when we're at our gas stations, when we're at our gas station assignments, when we're at our work assignments, we can allow people in and say, come, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this place in my life that doesn't bring me shame anymore. It brought me tremendous shame. It brought me tremendous joy. It brought me tremendous confusion. It doesn't do that anymore. And that place, I believe, is the place that you are called to share the testimony of Jesus. Nobody can take that away from you. So right now, wherever you, however you do this, just, I just, I'm going to pray over us. And I'm going to invite the Lord. I think there is going to be a, a, a moment here, right here, where the Lord is going to heal places that should no longer, should never be giving you pain anymore, but they're going to become invitations in your life. They're going to be testimony that you share. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you overcame everything that you went through on this earth. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you went through all of it with us in mind. We thank you for the nail-pierced hands. And we thank you, Lord, that after resurrection, the wounds were still there. But they didn't hurt you anymore. And Lord, right now, we're just in a real honest place. If there's any wounds in our lives that are still causing us pain that you want to touch. Lord, I just release this phrase once and for all over those places in our lives. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus in our lives. We thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for healing our soul. Thank you for healing our spirits, Lord. And Lord, may everything that we have walked through, every scar that we have endured along the way, let it be an invitation to our lost friends, our family, the world around us. Let it be an invitation for them to know you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the scars that we carry today that don't cause us pain anymore. Thank you for the wounds that don't cause us pain anymore because of what you have done. Thank you for the testimony. I bless this church today. I bless everyone here from the youngest to the oldest to be able to articulate. Holy Spirit, give words to us to be able to share with people about your wonderful love, your power, your grace, your healing touch. I do believe this is going to be a big part of what we see when the fish start jumping in. Your testimonies are going to be huge in helping people walk with Jesus.